This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. It's Zoomer Radio's Theater of the Mind with Frank Proctor. Open your mind as we fill your head with amazing thrills, chills, <laughs> and laughs. Theater of the Mind, the best love programs from radio's golden age, only on Zoomer Radio. Now, here is your master storyteller, Frank Proctor. Thank you and welcome to the show. Lights Out is an American old-time radio program devoted mostly to horror and the supernatural. We're about to hear The Coffin in Studio B, in which actors rehearsing an episode of Lights Out are interrupted by a mysterious coffin salesman peddling his wares. Lights Out was one of the earliest radio horror programs predating Suspense and Inner Sanctum. Lights Out. Everybody. This is the witching hour. It is the hour when dogs howl and evil is let loose on a sleeping world. Want to hear about it? Then turn out your lights. Broadcasting Company brings you Lights Out, a revival of the eight best stories in the series which many of our listeners will remember. Willis Cooper is your author, and Albert Cruz, your director. Sit in the dark now and listen to Lights Out. And uh, what will you do if I won't? Something very unpleasant, my dear chap. For example? For example, it is quite possible that I will kill you. <sighs> you amaze me. No, 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 no. I assure you I'm quite serious. It's impossible. Not impossible at all. May I ask just how you propose to uh, end my life, shall I say? I shall cut your throat. Neatly, and as the books have it. With dispatch. <laughs> You've been reading books, then? We're wasting time. What's the answer? The answer is the same as it has always been. You refuse, then? I refuse, yes. Very well. You forced me to become a murderer. Cut. Look, uh, I don't want to throw you up on this first reading, but uh, not much is coming through in here. I don't know just how to say it, but uh, it just doesn't gel for some reason or other. Now, let's think about these lines. Oh, let's hold it a minute. What's the matter, George? Who is it, me or Ed? Well, I, I hate to throw you up on this first reading, but, uh, Fritz, I think it's you. Something wrong. It's the, the attack on the part, or maybe you're throwing those lines away without any sincerity. There's no menace in the part, you see what I mean? Well, look, uh, let me come on out. 
Ah, uh, hamming again, eh, Fritz? Okay, character. Let it alone, I'm having enough trouble. <laughs> Look, he can act. Honest, George. Fella's got a card. All right, uh, let's can the funny stuff, Ed. We got some work to do, and I want you to just pay attention, if you don't mind. All right. Uh, look, Fritz, uh, yeah. how do you feel in this thing? I don't know. It's not, it's, it, it's not right. I don't know what to do, though. Well, you don't sound convincing. You see my point? Yeah. Uh, have you got any ideas on how you might do it? No. Oh, wait a minute. What, what about dialect? I could do a little German. A German? Could... Wait a minute. No, no, no. I don't think I want any German on this thing. I hear too much of that. Uh, uh, some Austrian? No, no. That's, no, no. That's too close to German. I don't know. Uh, how's your French? How's your French? Let's see how your French is. Oh, it's all right. It's all right. No, no, no. Look, I don't want... I don't want to make him too definite. See, he should be a kind of a combination. A lot of menace in there. Quiet, but i got to believe the guy. Make him... Uh, let's see. What's that word? I want him to... Carmelo. Uh, uh, that's it. Uh, just not, not too much now. Just a word. I, I know. I know. Okay. Let me try it. Yeah. All right. We'll try it now. Uh, from the top, huh? That's right. Okay. And uh, what will you do if I won't? Something very unpleasant, my dear chap. For example. For example, it is quite possible that I will kill you. You amaze me. I assure you, I am quite serious. Okay. Hold it. How's it doing now? How's it sound? Are you asking me or the director? Well, it sounds a lot better than it did before. You're working into it. Yeah, well, look, uh, yeah, Fritz, I think that'll do it. Uh, uh, what do you say we put it up on the mic and let's see how it sounds? Uh, take that whole scene over. How is it for age, George? Oh, the age is okay. I want a little bit of age, not too much age. All right, just, just a little about right. Little right. knows the way you have it. All right. Oh, rehearsals, rehearsals. Well, it beats digging ditches for a living, I guess. How oh, does it? Oh, so they tell me. Well, anyway, it's cool in here. Thank the Lord for air conditioning. I wish it was 9.30. Okay, characters, now uh, give me that Afro number five now, will you? And uh, let's hear it again uh, from the top. And uh, what will you do if I won't? Something very unpleasant, my dear chap. For example? For example, it is quite possible. I will kill you. You amaze me. I assure you I am quite serious. Possible? Not impossible at all. May I ask just how you propose to end my life, should I say? I shall cut your throat. Neatly. And as the books have it, with dispatch. Oh, you've been reading books, then. We are wasting time. What's the answer? The answer is the same as it has always been. You refuse, then? I refuse, yes. Very well. You forced me to become a murderer. Lord Fritz, you sound about as much like a murderer as... Oh, I give up. For the love of Mike George, what do you want me to do? Growl? No, no, I don't want you to growl. But I do want you, if you won't find it too inconvenient, to act just a little bit like a murderer. You know, a, a murderer, a guy that uh, kills people. Yeah. I want you to make faces for it. Ah, shut up. Wait. Uh, I'll come out there again. How you doing, kid? I give up. I don't know what the man wants. Now listen, sweetheart. Have you the faintest idea how a guy acts when he's going to kill somebody? Have you? No, but I got a hunch I'm going to know about it in a minute. Oh, well, that'll be swell. Because the way you're doing it now, a guy would think that you're Ed's brother or something. Oh, now, listen, get it through your thick skull that we got a show in a few minutes. We're going on the air, radio, remember, you see? You're supposed to be a murderer. I know, but it's going to come a lot easier if you oh, don't you give can't me can't take it, huh? Oh, nuts. All right, well, let's try it again. Uh, take it from that line. Um, oh, the, the answer is the same as it has always been, Ed. Go on, Ed. All right. The answer is the same as it has always been. You refuse... Pardon me. You refuse, then. Hey, George. Oh, for... Oh, now what? 
Well, what do you want? There's an old gent out here wants to see you. What's he want? I don't know. Well, tell him to go away. No, no, wait. Uh, who is he? I don't know. How can I keep oh, a character? I don't know. Sometimes oh. I wonder. Oh. Uh, and he says he wants to see Ed, not you. Who is he? Won't give his name. Probably some guy that you owe money to. You should talk. Well, look, tell him... Well, listen, we're right in the middle of a rehearsal. Go ahead and talk to him, Ed. We can smoke a cigarette or play tiddlywinks. No. But listen, you tell him to make it snappy. we got a show to get on. All right, all right. Tell him to come in here, Horace. Right. Well, there you are, Mr. Henley. Good evening, sir. Good evening. Why, uh, I don't believe I've ever had... <laughs> don't know me, eh? Well, I know you, Mr. Henley. Mr. Ed. It me, yes, sir. He owes the old guy dough, all right. <laughs> I'm afraid I don't know. I uh, yet, come up to show you my book. I, I figured you'd like to have a look at it now while you have the check, just in case you had any choice. <laughs> Folks don't often have the choice, you know. <sighs> choice? Uh, choice of what? Now, here, let me show you the book. I won't be a minute. I don't like to disturb your work, you know, but... It's got to be done, I guess. Now, this one here... Ye gods! Coffin! What? Coffins! Look! It's a catalog of coffins! Caskets. Huh? Yes, that's right. Yes, sir, the neatest line of caskets in the country. And nothing but the best. No, sir. Now, look here. This number, A1436, ain't it? Yes. Uh... All gray silk, solid silver hand. Say, listen, what is this? Or this model, A5499 in mahogany. Uh, wait a minute, Mr. Uh, what's this all about? Why, I just figured Mr. Henry kind of like to pick yourself out a casket. Well, uh, who are you? So I brought up the book here to show him. I got my tape measure right here in my pocket. Ah, it's a rib, George. Somebody sent him up here. <laughs> oh, yeah? No, no, nobody sent me. I just thought Mr. Henry... Well, uh, look, uh, Mr. Henry's busy. We're rehearsing a radio show here, and we've got just a few more minutes before we go on the air. So if you don't I mind... I know, I know. You're rehearsing lights out. I know all about it. Listen, every Saturday night, I like it. All about ghosts and corpses and things. Yes, sir. <laughs> oh, well, well, well that, that's fine, but uh, we've got work to do now. Well, well, I'll get right out of here. Uh, just as soon as Mr. Henley makes up his mind. Now, this A1436 that I will show you... Listen, him, mister, I don't want to buy a coffin. I've got no use for one. Do you get me? Solid silver handle. George, this guy's screwed. Oh, no, 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 sir. Now, wait. I got some pictures here in colors, if you like something a little fancier. Now, just a minute, how do I find it? Fritz, yeah. uh, go get Horace and have him get this old gent out of here. I think the old guy's crazy. Yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, mister, did uh, somebody send you up here to see Ed Henley? Send me? No, sir. I told you. I, I thought it up my own self. Now, this here, age 6782, with the bronze plate on top. How do you like that? Pretty nifty, ain't it? Hmm? Yes, sir. Now listen, I've told you I don't want a coffin. I well, have you can have it with solid silver plate, if you like that better. If uh, I were you, Ed, I'd get the one with the silver plate. Huh? Oh, yes. Yeah, I'd rather like that one with the silver plate. Mm-hmm, that's the one, all right. A 6782A with solid silver plate. Yes, sir. Well, that's all I wanted to know. Yes, sir. That's what I come up here for. Well, thank you kindly, Mr. Henley. 
I think you'll find it very satisfactory. Uh, sure, I will. And thank you, sir. I'll be going now. Thank you ever so much. Sorry to interrupt you. Well, uh, uh, goodbye. Goodbye, gentlemen. Thank you very much, Mr. Henry. Well, I wonder what goes with that guy. Whose idea was that? Oh, oh. It's uh, it's all right, uh, Fritz. He's gone now. Uh, we don't need you, Horace. Huh? Where'd he go? Well, he just went out that door a minute ago. Didn't you see him? No. Uh, he must have went the other way. He went out that door right there. Oh, that's funny. Uh, we didn't see him. Listen, Horace, was that your idea? Mine? Oh, gosh, no. Hey, I know. It was one of the announcers. Wise cracking guys. Uh, I don't think it was so funny myself. Not at this time of night with nobody else in the whole place. How'd you get rid of him, Ed? <laughs> oh, the old guy was showing his coffin after coffin, and I suggested to Ed that he buy number H, a 6783A. With solid silver plate. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, he said, okay, it's grand. Leave it to me to handle the screwy guys. I've had experience enough producing shows around here. Thank oh. you, dear. You birds want me anymore? Uh, no, no, Horace, uh, thanks. Oh, uh, if you see old Joe Coffin Seller again, though, tell him we're not in the market. Now, come on, let's get to work. Yeah, it's about time. Where do we start? Uh, there on uh, page six, line five. The answer is the same and so on, you know. All right. The answer is the same as it has always been. You refuse then, eh? I refuse, well, yes. That's the next time true. Very well, then. You force me to become a murderer. No, you force me to become a murderer. You force me to become a murderer. <sighs> Go on. I don't know. You know the penalty for murder in this country? <laughs> Put down that knife. You have had your last chance. Oh. No, don't kill me. I warned don't. you. I warned no, you, but no. you would not listen to me. Cut, 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 cut. Oh, what? Now, listen, uh, we got to plant that knife somehow. Oh, holy smokes, George, I can't say. I am now about to stab you with this here repulsive knife, can I? Oh, uh, well, that's the trouble with writers. No imagination. You see now. Well, I could say drop the knife again. No, no, let me think. Shut up. Sorry. Oh, I got it. Oh, look. Why do sound effects guys have to go on vacations? Is there a knife out there someplace? I don't know. I'll look over here. Let's see. Ah, here's one. What kind is it? Pocket knife. I think I'll just drop it in my pocket, too. I've been wanting a knife like this. Well, let's see it. Uh, uh, I got ten dibs on it. Well, now, look. You hold it up close to the microphone and open it. Make it click. And I'll go to the control room and listen. Very well, Orson. It'll probably sound like a door opening. So what? More than the door opening gag we got, sounds like. All right, uh, let's hear it now. Open it up. No, not so loud. Try it again. Okay, now, uh, Fritz, uh, you put that effect in just as you start to struggle. Give me it. Ah, uh, what? No, no, help, help, that business? Yes, yes. No, 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 no! You would not listen to me? No! <laughs> I haven't even had time to get me dinner. 
actors, the idle rich. Says you. Say, who do you suppose sent that dilly old bird up here? <laughs> I don't know. A lot of funny jokers around the shop. That was a good gag for this show, I guess. Except I don't suppose it'll be so funny for the old gent when he finds out it was a gag. Yeah, I don't imagine it's a very good racket running around peddling coffins. I never even knew they peddled coffins that way. Neither did I. I was reading. The genius. Yeah. Time to catch up on your reading after the show's over. I want you to sock that gong. All you got to do is take the little club and clout the gong when George points at you, Horace. If George points at you, Horace. Listen, who's producing the show? I sometimes wonder. Uh, where's the stick to hit it with? You are practically standing on it. Huh? Oh. All right, now. Now, look. I'll go in the control room and you guys go on into the fight. Now, you watch me, Horace, and when I point, you sock that gong. Okay. Oh, George, listen. Do we have to go through the whole thing again, my throat? No, no, no. Just the struggle part. Now, wait till I get in. Hit it a good bat, Horace. Okay. Somebody will be knocking at my door, delivering a coffin, and collecting money for it. Trying to collect, you mean? Now, listen, you lugs. If you want to play comedy, you put the bite on Don McNeil, will you? You're wasting your time over on this side. Now, uh, let's go to work. Now, if that old guy calls up again, you tell him to go jump in the lake. Now, come on, look at page 10. We won't have time to take it. Press. Top of the page. I want uh, running footsteps, all three of you. Cross the studio floor, up the stair steps. You stop and run back down. You got it? On my cue. Okay, hurry up now. Now, uh, take the knock on the door and the footsteps coming in. It's bottom of page 11. Now, uh, you do the knock, Ed. Horace, you open the door. And Fritz, you do the footsteps. You got it? On my cue.
dogs howl, and evil is let loose on a sleeping world. Want to hear about it? Then turn out your lights. Good evening, my dear friend. Good evening, Doctor. Won't you come in? Thank you. Here, let me take your coat and hat. Oh, certainly. There you are, Doctor. Ah, won't you come in and sit down? Thank you. Well? It's all taken care of. Really? Quite. You have the proof? Well... Of course, you realize, my dear friend, I cannot be expected to carry out our little arrangement unless I have proof. Yes, I was reasonably sure of that. And so? There is a hat crumpled in the left-hand pocket of my overcoat. A hat? His hat. I think you'll find that it has a bullet hole through the crown and uh, there are several bloodstains. Oh, fine. Uh, you don't mind if I look for myself? Oh, of course not. That's why I brought it, you see. Yes, yes, yes. Ah, apparently, a very neat job. I specialize in neat jobs, Doctor. <laughs> Do you mind telling me how it was done? Not at all. I waited for him in the driveway of his house. Cold, too, tonight. Huh? He left his car at the gate and walked up to the house. Huh? Uh, we had planned on that, you remember? Yes, 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 yes. And when he came close enough, I, I shot him. Oh, so noisy. There was a silencer on the revolver. Ah, uh, thoughtful of you. I'm always thoughtful, Doctor. <laughs> Excellent. I even stepped close enough to him to ensure powder burn. That's and better. And the revolver is there without the silencer to, to make it look like suicide. So, I congratulate you, my dear friend. Thank you. I am... Conscientious? Are you conscientious enough to remember what I asked you to bring? Yes, quite. May I have it? I think not. What you say? I came here tonight merely to thank you, Doctor, for your cooperation. I find myself a richer man. I hope you are joking, my friend. Not at all. You don't want to give up the packet of jewels? I couldn't have put it more neatly myself, Doctor. Oh, oh. I see. You have not forgotten that I paid you a sum of money to perform this service for me? Five hundred dollars. That is correct. That is why I came here. I'm afraid I don't understand. To return the five hundred dollars. You see, Doctor, I have decided to keep the jewels instead. I see. <laughs> Would you care for a drink? Brandy, perhaps. If you like. Water? No, thank you, no. Uh -huh. Your health. If you don't mind, Doctor, let us exchange glasses. You are a remarkably suspicious man. I have to be. If you please. Oh, quite. 
I thought so, Doctor. Well, you're good help. And now I'll be going, if you don't mind. Oh, must you go, really? Yes. Uh, here are your $500. My offer is still good. Your offer? $500 for eliminating this man and bringing me the jewels from his pocket. Oh. I'm sorry not to be able to accept your offer, Doctor. I've made other arrangements, you see. May I point out that you left your revolver at our friend's side? May I point out that it is extremely possible that I have another? Possible? Probable. Hmm. Shall we have another drink? May I pour? <laughs> if you like. Shall we discuss this further? I'm afraid there is very little to discuss, Doctor. If you do not mind, no, I would... No, there is nothing to discuss. I am grateful to you, my dear Doctor, for putting me in the way of earning the very comfortable sum that these jewels will bring. I am equally grateful to you for your hospitality. But I really must go. Oh, I beg of you. Let me point out that a gentleman of your reputation might have some difficulty in disposing of the jewels. There are ways. Would it not be a great deal safer for you to take the $500 with no further risk than to keep the jewels and run the risk of hanging? I'll take the risk. Besides, if anything unpleasant does happen to me in the course of disposing of the jewels, I can always remind my captors of the part that you played in this little affair. You see? I'm afraid you would have a very difficult time proving that. Mm, perhaps. But I'll run the risk. Good night. Don't hurry, I beg of you. I should dislike to have any unpleasant happening. You forget that I have a revolver, Doctor. That is a lie. I wouldn't take a chance if I were you, Doctor. I'm not taking a chance. I know you have no revolver. Really? Really. Interesting. How? A very simple process of deduction. There is none in your overcoat, I could tell by the weight of it. Huh? But there is. Ah, thank you. I was rather certain that it was there. You... And so I took the liberty of locking your overcoat in the closet when I got up to inspect our friend's hats. Checkmate, my dear friend. Stalemate, I think. I still have the jewels. And I warn you for the last time to give them to me. I'm sorry. It would be a great deal better for you if you would, you know. What will you do if I won't? Something very unpleasant, my dear friend. For example? It is quite possible I will kill you. You amaze me. I assure you I am quite serious. Impossible. It's not impossible at all. May I ask just how you propose to uh, end my life, shall I say? I shall cut your throats. Neatly, and as the books have it, with dispatch. You've been reading books, then. Tell me, you're wasting time. What's the answer? The answer is the same as it has always been. You refuse, then? I refuse, yes. Very well. You forced me to become a murderer. You know the penalty for murder in this country, Doctor. <laughs> Put down that knife. You have had your last chance. <laughs> no. No, don't kill me. I warned don't. you. I warned no. you. No, no. would not don't. Ed, Ed, you, Ed, you, you stabbed me, Fritz. 
Oh my God! Horace! Horace, look! The knife slipped. I didn't mean. I cut him. I didn't mean to cut him. I cut him. Blood. You've really killed him, Fritz. Oh no. No, I. I just got here in time, didn't I? Yes, sir. Model 86782 with silver plate for Mr. Henry. No! Yes, sir. Just bring it right in, boys. Mr. Henry's all ready for it. <laughs> just heard The Coffin in Studio B, the second in the summer revival series of Lights Out. In tonight's cast, you heard Bob Murphy as Ed, Sherman Marks as Fritz, Don Gallagher as George, Jack Bivens as Horace, and Charles Eggleston as the coffin salesman. All right. You can turn them on now. is NBC, the national broadcasting company. Stay tuned for Lucille Ball in My Favorite Husband, next on Theater of the Mind. You're listening to Theater of the Mind on Zoomer Radio, AM 740 and 96.7 FM in downtown Toronto. And now, Lucille Ball stars in My Favorite Husband. We present My Favorite Husband, starring Lucille Ball with Richard Denning. This is the story of Mr. and Mrs. Kuga, the record of a happy marriage. Two people who live together and like it. The comfortable front bedroom of the comfortable suburban home of the Kugats doesn't look very comfortable this morning. Articles of clothing are strewn about the floor and across the bed. George hurriedly plows through the debris getting dressed while Liz tries to cram all of their things into three suitcases. Liz, dear, what's all this stuff you're packing? We're only spending the weekend at your mother's, not the whole summer. Well, I'm only taking the bare necessities. Slacks, sunsuit, a few dresses, shoes, cosmetics, hose, undies. Hmm, well, what have you packed for me? Your toothbrush and trunks. <laughs> Is that all? I want you to get a good tan. Pack some clothes for me, scatterbrain. I wish you were driving out to Mother's with me, George. No, it's impossible, darling. Can't miss my board meeting. I wonder what the surprise can be that Mother's been telling us about. Hmm, I'm afraid to guess. Her last surprise was the wrestler she was sponsoring. Remember him? Mm -hmm. He called himself the Hawk. Oh, what a wrestler. Yeah, in his first match, the Hawk flew clear out of the ring. Well, if she has another wrestler, I'll just throw him out of the house. <laughs> Evidently, you've never heard of Gorgeous George. You are gorgeous, George. Finish your packing. <laughs> Where's my new bathing suit? I can't find it. Your new bathing suit? Well, maybe a moth had a spare second and ate it. Here it is, and it isn't that skimpy. It's shameful. You're too prudish. You're too nudish. <laughs> you should see Alice Sturm's bathing suit. She got arrested at the beach. Hmm, must be... Pretty bad. Oh, it was. But they couldn't prosecute. Why not? No evidence. 
Which nightgown should I take, my canary yellow or my parrot green? Mm, what about your goose chartreuse? <laughs> well, got to run now, honey. See you tonight. Drive carefully. George Cougar, don't you criticize my driving. I'm a good driver. Sure, honey. You've never driven up a telephone pole. Of course not. Anyway, not to the top. Ha ha, very funny. I read in a magazine the more accidents were caused by men than by women. Hmm? When did you read that? The other day while I was driving downtown. <laughs> life, dear. I found there's nothing better than fresh milk and clean soil. Well, it's certainly done a lot for you. <laughs> yes. Makes a wonderful mud pack. Uh, uh, where's George? Well, he had to attend a board of directors meeting. He'll be up later. Oh, they're having him during the day now. That's nice. Your father always had to go to the board meetings at night. At night? Yes, poor dear. Tell me, are they still holding him at the whoopee club? <laughs> no, Mother. Now the bubble dancer comes to the bank. Oh. <laughs> Mom, what's this big surprise of yours? I've been wondering about it all the way up here. Oh, well, see if you can guess. Well, some of the things you do, Mother, I'm almost afraid to guess. Oh. Let's see now. Pole vaulting? No. Motorcycle hill climbing? No, 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 no. Sky riding. Oh, no. You're way off. Well, I'll have to think of something a little more sensible. But this is very sensible. Uh, Chickasaw Indian tap dancing. Oh, Liz, really? I... Chickasaw Indian tap dancing. Oh, I wonder if they teach that at Arthur Murray. No, we're not talking about Arthur Murray. <laughs> What's your surprise? Well, uh, you, you'd better sit down. I don't need to sit down. What is it? I'm going to get married. Well... I see you decided to sit down. I always do when my knees buckle. You, you seem so surprised, dear. I, I suppose you thought that I, I was too old to get a husband. I thought no such thing. You're very beautiful. I do have a few wrinkles, though. Of course, just on the outside. That's right, Mother. <laughs> and they're just happy little crow's feet. Oh, oh! I know you're going to love your new father, Liz. <laughs> tell me all about him. Who is he? Where'd you meet him? What's he like? Well, his name is Daniel Carson, and I met him in Houston. Oh, he's a real Texan, Liz. He's just like Gary Cooper. Not quite that tall, of course, and, and, and a little older, and, and he wears bifocals. Oh, but he's just like Gary Cooper. Well, they're, they're both men. <laughs> well, he sounds grand, darling. How'd you meet him? I, I was walking past the theater, and as he rushed up to buy his ticket, he knocked me down. Uh, he was in quite a hurry. It was a Randolph Scott picture. He really did sweep you off your feet. Skinned both my elbows. <laughs> and he, he apologized, and he asked me to see the picture with him. But, of course... Uh, Young girl couldn't accept an invitation from a man she, she didn't know. <laughs> of course not. Uh, but I'm not a young girl, so I accept it. <laughs> Mother, hmm? do you suppose this man could be after your money? Not that you aren't beautiful. Oh, no, 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 dear. He's quite wealthy himself. He owns several oil fields. Oh, he has a huge ranch, factories, and... Oh, dear. What's wrong, Mother? You don't suppose I'm after his money, do you? 
see now. You were in Houston last April. Have you been engaged all this time without telling us? Oh, no, no, dear. Dan and I have been corresponding, and, and it just happened. <laughs> he asked me in his last letter. What did he say? Dan isn't a man of many words, dear. He, well, here's his letter. You read it. <laughs> <clears throat> My dear Louise. Howdy. <laughs> Love, Dan. <laughs> P.S. Will you marry me? Oh, I, I've read it over and over again. I almost know it by heart. <laughs> oh, you know, he, he's coming in on the five o'clock plane, Liz. And he's, I've made all the arrangements for the church. Now, just a minute, Mother. Before you go any further, I think we'd better have a little talk. A talk? Well, what about, dear? Well, Mother, you're getting married, and I think there are a few things that you should know. Oh, dear, dear, dear. <laughs> Don't you remember ten years ago when you were going to get married? Didn't I take you into the parlor for a little talk? Yes. Well, I haven't forgotten any of the things you told me. <laughs> oh, dear, I, I thought little Susan Palmer could be the flower girl, and, and maybe George could be the best man. Oh, <laughs> Well, Liz, dear, what's wrong? I'm just so happy for you. Well, then, then why are you crying? You cried when I married George. Well, that was different, dear. Oh, mother. My little mother. Oh, Liz. <laughs> Liz, darling, please don't cry. Oh, mother, I can't help it. You'll understand someday when you have one of your own. <laughs> <laughs> Liz! In here, George! Oh, hello, honey. Kiss, kiss, come on, give me a kiss. Kiss, kiss, kiss. I want a kiss. Give me a kiss. What's the matter? I never board a train when it's moving. Well, it's standing in the station now, ready for refiring. <laughs> Nuts. Hmm. Okay, conductor? Mm-hmm. Steam's way up. Careful you don't burst your boiler. When there's any danger, the whistle blows. Kiss me again. Watch out, George. Uh, can I carry your bags, ma'am? <laughs> <laughs> oh, George, wait till I tell you about the about mother's secret. Yeah, what is it? I can't tell you. It's a secret. Liz. George, a secret's only a secret if it's kept a secret. You know about the whispering grass. The grass told it to the trees, and the, the trees told it to the breeze. You understand, George? Yes, very clear. Your mother's been out in the grass whispering to trees. <laughs> Just forget about it, darling. You'll find out. Better get dressed for dinner. Won't tell me, huh? Uh-uh. All right. You have your secrets. I have mine. <laughs> I just thought of something. <laughs> oh, what are you laughing about? Nothing, but if you're going crazy, I want to go with you. I'm not going crazy, Liz. I was just thinking about the time I took Myra Ponsonby on the hayride. You've always wanted to hear what happened. <laughs> you're not going to get me to tell you Mother's secret that way. No, of course not. Forget it, dear. You think you're pretty sly. Who 
cares what happened when you went on the hayride with Myra? What could happen on a hayride? <laughs> You're just trying to arouse my curiosity, but it won't work. I've gone on hayrides, lots of hayrides. They were all in the spirit of good fun. We'd go down some dark, lonely country road, stop the wagon. Some of the couples would go blackberry picking. We'd just sit there in the hay and... George Cougar, what happened on that hayride? It's a secret, remember? The grass? The heck with the grass. What about the hay? Now, you tell me your secret, and I'll tell you my secret. All right, Mother's getting married. Now, what... George, what happened? I bet the stem off my pipe. Your mother's what? Getting married. Now, what happened on the hayride? Oh, Jimmy Paterno dropped his cigar, and we had a weenie bake instead. <laughs> Now, Liz, now, now, what's this business about your mother getting married? Well, we're going to meet her fiancé tonight. Mother met him in April. They've been corresponding, and in his last letter, he proposed. Hmm. Where'd your mother meet him? In Houston, in front of a theater. You mean he picked her up? He knocked her down first. <laughs> now, hurry and get dressed, George. We want to look nice when we meet him. All right, but I wish your mother had consulted me first. I might have refused his proposal. I should hope so. You're already married. Mother, mother, sit down and relax. Oh, oh, I, I can't, Liz. Dan will be here any minute. <laughs> now, you've got to calm down, Mrs. Heller. Yes. I remember how nervous I was when Liz and I got married, but I had a simple formula for overcoming it. Oh, oh well, what was it? He fainted. <laughs> I didn't faint. I just relaxed. All of a sudden. Oh, oh I, I'm so nervous. I, I haven't been this upset since the day my scales were broken, and I thought I'd gain 200 pounds. <laughs> There's your man, Mrs. Elliot. Oh, 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 now, 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 don't all of you stare at me. <laughs> I'll let him in. Hello, ma'am. Hello, Dan. Uh, will you come in? Reckon I will. Uh, are you embarrassed, Dan? Nope. Well, reckon I'll be going now. Dan, you, you just arrived. Well, just don't know what to say, Louise. I ain't a man of many words. Had me a long-winded speech wrote down on the back of a cigarette paper. Forgotten smoking. <laughs> well. Yeah. <clears throat> Mother. Oh. oh, Liz, dear, I'm sorry. Well, I guess we kind of forgot our manners, Louise, standing here chattering like a couple of blue jays. Yes. Uh, oh, Dan, this is my daughter, Elizabeth. Hello, Mr. Carson. Hmm. Even prettier than the picture your mama sent me. Mother sent you my picture? Yep. Laying on a blanket, taking your bottle. Well, I've changed quite a bit since then. Yeah, you're a lot longer now. <laughs> Got a little more hair, too. Well, when I was a baby, I used to wear my hair very close to my head, under the skin. I'm uh, George Cougat, Liz's husband. How do you do, Mr. Carson? Well, hiya, George. Hey, I like the way you shake hands, real tight, like you mean it. Oh, uh, you, you have quite a grip yourself. Yeah, hate wishy-washy shake, like to feel a friendship there. Ain't never forgot Herb Jackson, the friendliest feller I ever met. 
broke seven bones in my hand. <laughs> You'll be having dinner in a moment, Dan. Uh, would you care to go upstairs and wash? No. Took care of it before I left Houston. <laughs> well, I'd better wash. I've never been to Houston. Uh, I got a little surprise for you, Louise. Oh, a surprise, Dan. Well, what is it? Oh, it's coming later. Yeah, I guess I'm ready for Chuck now. Chuck? Mr. Carson? Yeah, that's what we call dinner in Texas, Lizzie. What about late at night when you go down to the icebox and sneak a snack? What do you call that? Snuff. Enjoy your dinner, Mr. Carson? Oh, I reckon it did, George. Mighty fine grub. Grub? What's grub? Chuck. Uh, I'm uh, I'm waiting for that surprise, Dan. Well, it ought to be here in a little while, Louise. Mr. Carson, uh, I understand you have some oil property in Texas. Yeah, yeah. It was originally my granddaddy's. He got it from some Indians. Swapped them for it. Swapped them for oil property? What'd he give them? Colored beads, bits of cloth, fire water? No. $650,000. <laughs> Mr. Carson, uh, I understand along with your oil properties, you have quite a ranch, too. Oh, yeah, yeah. Got me a nice big ranch. Ain't it, Louise? It's really tremendous. What do you call your ranch, Mr. Carson? Dallas. (laughs) (laughs) What about my surprise, Dad? Well, it ought to be here any minute, Louise. Let's see. Well, this is sure going to be a fine wedding. A pretty bride. (laughs) And you'll be a rather handsome groom yourself, Dan. (laughs) Well, I went to a lot of trouble for the ceremony. Spent all day yesterday at the chiropractor's having my legs straightened out. (laughs) You should have kept your pants on. They're still (laughs) bow-legged. Tell me, uh, do you have a horse, Mr. Carson? Oh, now there's something that I like to talk about. You bet I got me a horse. His name is Shotgun. Shotgun? Do you feed him or load him? Oh, he's a good old horse. Had him for 18 years. Showing his age a little. Graying around the tail. <laughs> oh, now that's nice. I think a gray tail makes a horse look distinguished. As I always say, an old horse is just as good as a new horse. I've never heard you say that, George. Well, you've never been around while I was talking to an old horse. Oh. <laughs> Why don't we all go out on the porch and... Oh, I reckon that's your surprise now, Louise. Excuse me. Oh, what do you suppose that silly boy's gotten me? Mother, you're holding that third finger out too conspicuously. Well, well, uh, here's your surprise, Louise. Come on in, Slim. Greetings from Texas, everybody. Gee, ho. Slim's my old saddle buddy, Louise. He's going to be our best man. Dan, you old horn swaddle son of a rattlesnake. Slim, you old saddle for a mule buster. You old leather-eating coyote. You old thieving noose dodger. You old horn toad. You old sippy cat. You old prairie dog. You old... You... <laughs> Dan, uh, he's going to be our best man. Yeah, some surprise, huh, Lou? Uh, Slim, this year is Louie. So that's her. Well, dog gone. Twine my banjo, bust my bridges, dog gone. Go darn, ding dong, darn, Dan. Slim says he likes your figure, Lou. 
<laughs> oh, mother's always had nice galderns. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Here's a little galderns, something I brung you, Miss Lou. For when you and old Ding Dong Dan set up galderns housekeeping, dog gone. Uh, thank you. Uh, oh, oh, towels. Uh, how nice. Aren't they, Liz? Oh, yes. Look, George, a set. Hers and hisn. <laughs> I'll be right back, Liz. I think we're going to need some smelling salts. I heard that. If you don't like my vapor, just open some windows. Dog gone, Dan. Who's the strawberry roll? Oh, this is my daughter, Liz. God darn it, she's pretty. A ding dong redhead, too. Makes me want to kick off my boots and jump smack dab barefoot into a doggone tub of sow belly. Bust my britches. Bust my britches. Bend over. <laughs> doggone, Dan. I just can't wait no longer. I've got a doll darn surprise for you outside. Music for your wedding. Music, Dan? <laughs> just a minute. Oh, I mean, that's a doggone Oh, Slim, you brought the sons of the singing sagebrush. You are my sunshine, my only sunshine. You make me happy when skies are gray. You'll never know, dear, how much I love you. Please don't take that sunshine away. What did Slim say about music for our wedding? Oh, I know they ain't the best, Miss Lou, but Spade Cooley weren't available. Oh, there ain't no finer music in the sons of the singing sagebrush. Sing some of that there wedding music firm, sons. I'm ahead for the last round of... <laughs> oh, horse. Make up your mind. Man! Son! Mr. Carson. You ever thought that Mrs. Elliot may have other plans for the music at her wedding? Uh, Lou? Why, Lou is loco about the sons, ain't you, Lou? Well, then, uh, they were all right when we went to the barn dance in San Antonio, but I, I had planned on other music for the wedding, and I, I more or less thought that George could be the best man. Oh, I'm being the best man. I, who's George? I'm George. Now, look at here, George. Shoot him, Slim. <laughs> <laughs> George is going to be the best man, aren't you, George? I say I'm going to be the best man. What do you say, George? Well, Liz, I think Slim really has his heart set on it. Is this going to be a wedding, or is this going to be a wedding? That's a very good question. Well, let me hear some more of that wedding music, son. Oh, promise me that someday you and I will take our love together till some time. Wahoo! Son! Oh, shut up! Shoot him, Slim! Shotgun sure would love this. George, where are those smelling salts? How's your mother, dear? Doctor says she'll be all right. All she needs is quiet. Fine. I got a room in town for the surging sons of the screaming sage. Did they mind leaving? Yes, I think they were a little hurt. As they walked away, they were singing something called, I don't think they like us here and I wish we were back in Texas blues. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Poor mother. The way she tried to smile when Slim brought in that box of dirt so their marriage could be held on Texas soil. <laughs> I can see the write-up of the wedding in the paper. To the soft strains of Beat My Desert Doggy Ate to the Bar, Louise Elliott and Daniel Carson were married. On the altar, campfires blazed brightly. And the highlight of the affair was when the bride threw her bouquet of cactus and pinned three flower girls to the parson. I won't let your mother go through with it, Liz. Well, Mother confided in me, George. She doesn't want to go through with it. She doesn't? No, but unless Mr. Carson leaves, she'll have to marry him. Oh, fine. Well, what could possibly make Mr. Car Carson leave? Who is it? It's me. It's Dan. Well, speak of the Carson. Hello, Liz. George. Uh, Mr. Carson, you look so sad. Well, I can't help it, Lizzie. It's a terrible thing that's happened. Terrible thing. Oh, Mother's going to be all right, Mr. Carson. Don't worry. It ain't your mother. Shotgun's down with a hoof and mouth disease. Shotgun? You're more worried about your horse than Mrs. Elliot? Well, I reckon you would be pretty worried about her, too, if she had hoof and mouth disease. <laughs> Poor old shotgun. I just got a phone call about him from a Western Union office. I got to go to shotgun. You aren't leaving? Yeah, reckon so. But I'll always remember Louise. I'm going to keep the picture I got of her. And I'd be obliged if, if she'd keep my box of dirt. <laughs> well, I'm sure she will, Mr. Carson. Well, goodbye, Liz. Bye, George. Goodbye, Mr. Carson. Uh, don't bother to shake. I'll just slam the door on my hand. <laughs> goodbye, and I hope Shotgun gets his hoof out of his mouth. <laughs> Liz, he's gone. And Mother has a box of dirt. Uh, what'll she do with it? Oh, it'll make nice Christmas presents for people who don't have dirt. <laughs> Darling, he's gone, but let's not make light of it. He was a nice old guy. Yeah. You don't have anything against him, do you? Why, certainly not, George. I hope his horse will be all right. It'd be a shame if Shotgun popped off before he got back. <laughs> Liz, I can't get over the coincidence of this thing. We're sitting in our room, and you're saying how nice it would be if Mr. Carson left. In walks Mr. Carson. Had a phone call from Western Union, and he's leaving. Positively amazing. Well, I guess we can go break the news to your mother. She already knows about it. What? I made the phone call from her room. Liz. Want to send you... a telegram? <laughs> No, dear. I can't sleep. Why not? I keep lying here waiting for you to say, George, are you asleep? <laughs> Do you love me, George? Madly. Would you swim oceans to be at my side? I'd swim oceans to be at your side. Would you climb mountains to be at my side? I'd climb mountains to be at your side. Would you get up and get me a glass of water? <laughs> no. Why not? 
I'm pooped from climbing those mountains and swimming those oceans. Please get me a glass of water, George. All right. Hmm. What smells so good? I left the top off my taboo. Hmm. I thought it was night-blooming jasmine. Why does jasmine only bloom at night? Oh, they have a very strong union. <laughs> I love you, George. I love you, too. Remember, I want cold water. That's the left faucet. Yes, Liz, the left faucet. Oh, George, I changed my mind. I'd like a Coke instead. Okay. Which faucet is the Coke? <laughs> Oh, never mind. You'd have to go downstairs. I'd want you to leave me. I'll take water. Here you are, darling. Thanks, little cuddle puddle. You're welcome, little drip. <laughs> Good night, honey. Good night, dear. <laughs> What's the matter, Liz? You got a feather leak in your pillow? <laughs> <laughs> no. I was just thinking that I'm pretty clever. Today I figured out a way to make someone not marry someone. And if I wanted to, I could scheme a way to make someone marry someone. You really think you could? Mm-hmm. I did it once. You schemed a way to make someone marry someone? Yes. Who? Good night, George. <laughs> favorite husband has been presented through the worldwide facilities of the United States Armed Forces Radio and Television Service. Well, thank you very much for listening. Tomorrow night, it's Our Miss Brooks, followed by Martin and Lewis. Thanks to Joel Schoenwell for technical support. The executive producer of Theater of the Mind is Moses Neimer. I'm Frank Proctor. Have a great evening. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show.